0: Hello. Wow. Welcome to my podcast channel. My name is Ebahi Tayo. I'm a worship leader and a life coach. This is Woosh. Yes, that spiritual room where I get to equip and build music ministers, creatives, worship leaders, choir members, instrumentalists in the faith for effective ministry in their local assemblies and in their personal lives i really love to do this and i'm just so glad that i can you know share this podcast again with us my last podcast i did talk about um, building atmospheres building and sustaining atmospheres as worship leaders and um, i remember that it was about 27 minutes we talked for like 27 minutes and um, we shared a bit on what atmospheres really mean you know and um um, i tried to explain what the the term atmosphere in worship is about I, i i i i made us understand that it's about creating an atmosphere where god you know in in his person Or the person of the Holy Spirit can have a free flow per time to do his will. I mentioned the fact that there are atmospheres that the Holy Spirit does not thrive in. You know, that it's possible to be in a place. You can invite me to a place and I'm present there, but does not mean that I am happy there. I might just be there to satisfy you, to make you, you know, know that yes, you're important. But I might not be in my I may not come in the fullest of my capacity and all about this model, building atmospheres is to help worship leaders understand that, you know, that it's key that we understand what an atmosphere, an ideal atmosphere can can really do in our corporate corporate gatherings when we come together for worship. We should place reverence on, on, on that as the minstrels called to preserve such atmospheres. There are things that we do as ministers that are not allowed. There are things that we should, by virtue of the office and the um, demand that has been placed on us as worship ministers, there are things we can't be doing, things that actually make the Holy Spirit not to thrive, you know you know when we gather there is there's it's just a gathering if the Holy Spirit is not there it's just like a company of people coming together if he's not there the fact that I mentioned last time that the fact that the Bible tells us that where two or more are gathered in his name does not automatically mean that he is there in his fullest capacity but what we want you know is is hunger You know, what we want is is a hunger for more of Him and all that He can do. That's the kind of hunger we should have when we are um, leading saints to worship in our corporate corporate gatherings. You know, an atmosphere speaks about, you know, that ambience surrounding a particular place. I'm just trying to do a little recap before we go on to what I would want to discuss today. We talked about how you know the atmosphere that was right that welcomed the presence of the holy spirit from heaven to earth how the disciples and the apostles gathered right away praying and they 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 that experienced the move of god spontaneously i mentioned the fact that sometimes you know the holy spirit knows when it is right and suddenly he just keys in i've seen those times as well in my when i when i'm in church and when we're leading worship and is just the set man, the angel of the house that is our pastor, just recognizes that mm, this is the right time to bring in the word of God. Sometimes we may not even finish the, the praise worship list. It might just won't be on your second song on your third song, but as the angel of the house can pick that, this is the moment, this is the time, this is the God moment, this is when the ministry of the word should come. And then he sees it he seizes it you know so there's something about the right time there's something about sensing it there's something about about um just getting it right so that was I believe that was something like that that happened in Acts chapter two verse three when the Bible says when the day of Pentecost came they were all gathered in one place and suddenly. You know, suddenly we also saw this in Acts chapter thirteen, verse one. Well, if, if if you, it would be good if you can just visit that module and have a a, a feast of of um, of what we discussed there. But today, what we just, I just would like to stress on is the fact that there are different atmospheres, and as worship leaders, we should be able to sense, you know, what is needed for that time. There are different atmospheres of the spirit. And the climate of such services, you know, can be built with the right songs. Can be built with the right songs. I'm, I'm going to try to make us see why um, this this atmospheres are not things that were just created by your church or by your set band. They are actually things that we that operated in Bible times. And because we are. You know children of faith even in the new testament the bible says all scripture is is there for our learning for rebuke for correction for growth you know for enlightenment and all of that so there are different atmospheres of faith yeah sorry there are different atmospheres you know with different um intentions in the heart of of god and i'll just mention mention four that i have been able to to pinpoint in my course of worship leading and that the atmosphere of faith, that's number one. And there's the atmosphere of healing. There's the atmosphere of intense worship and reverence. There's also the atmosphere of celebration. So I'm going to go over it again. It says the atmosphere of faith, the atmosphere of healing, the atmosphere of intense worship and reverence, and then the atmosphere of celebration. So um, I was reading a book by um, Mike Mudok. A book that centered on on ministry in whole and how he was trying to get young ministers to be more equipped for their their work in the ministry and he said something about music there i'm just going to paraphrase um, and read out some portions of what he, he said he gave example of jimmy Swaggart. i and i could ask us to just do your own review of jimmy of jimmy Swaggart. jimmy Swaggart is like a, a a worship leader he was known as a tele evangelist you know but he used music you know to to share the the love of god the message of god in his own generation and this was what mike mudok had to say about him he said jimmy swaggart was a powerful music minister whose ministry was known to create the climate of the presence of jesus okay and that was one brand that jimmy swaggart carried he said that he was a powerful music minister Whose ministry was known to create the climate of the presence of Jesus, you know. He further went to say that we could always literally experience the extraordinary presence of God when Jimmy begins to sing a song, making it easy for others for others to sense God in the room, you know. So that was what Mike mudup was was saying was. Sharing with us about this minister called Jimmy Swaggart, you know he further went to say that God is always present around us. So he was trying to explain his own perspective about music and, you know, corporate worship. That God is always present around us; He is everywhere. You know, if you read Psalm 139, we'll see that God, God is everywhere. The earth and the fullness is, is in the heavens, he has the earth. Excuse me, as his full store, his presence in our hearts, present everywhere. And he knows what is happening everywhere. But he said, but he said, he said, we don't always sense his presence everywhere. Okay? We don't always feel it everywhere. He said the sensitivity of the the human man, of the man, is so heightened to things around us. Discouragement, temptations, okay, other people's problems. So many things are heightened around us. So it makes it almost impossible for us to sense the presence of God or feel it like we would want to. So the sensitivity to God's presence eventually is on the low because our other senses are so heightened to other things going on around us. He said, but this sense, but he then said that this sense can be awakened, this sense of God, the the the, the, the tangible sense of the presence of God can be awakened when the music team gets it right. You know, not all music will serve this purpose per time, not all music will serve this purpose per time, but What is so key in the heart of God is that we are using music in the right way. Using music in the way that increases the awareness of God's presence in the lives of people. I believe that that is when the purpose of music is actually at its best. If music must remain a tool, guys, if music must remain a tool and an instrument that God will use... You know, within our local assemblies, I believe that it must take, you know, it it must begin to make us think about God. That is when that music is being maximized or utilized or being sung at any point in time, it must make us to think about God. It must energize us towards God and his goals and dreams for our lives. That's what it must do. Then at that point, we can be sure that it is serving its purpose. Okay, we can be sure that it's serving its purpose. That is, you know, for music to remain a tool and an instrument that God will use in our local assemblies, it must make us to think about God and energize us towards God. His direction is towards God and His goals and dreams for our lives. Okay, then we can be sure that it's serving its purpose. So let me just quickly take all the atmospheres I talked about one by one. I want to start with the atmosphere of faith, like music and the atmosphere of faith. Where are the intersections? Where are the joining lines? How do we navigate the the tool of music to ensure that we are building an atmosphere of faith? What is an atmosphere of faith? And so I like to take us to Hebrews, you know, chapter 11, verse 1. And I'll I'll quickly read what it says there. It says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It says, Faith is being sure. what we hope for so we keep what there is hope what we hope for what the people hope for and certain of what we do not see so these people cannot see God they cannot see the Holy Spirit they cannot see all the perhaps you know despite the fact they are believers they are saved but we are not at the same measure of growth you know And that's why I say worship leading being in the choir we see you as mature we see you as coming to maturity a certain degree of maturity higher than um, than um those of the general congregation okay so you must understand that an atmosphere of faith is that is that is that point where we we, we know the people are hoping for something we know the people are are, are are trusting God for something they know but then it's possible that you know life has taken a toll on them they just come to God you know feeling weak down um, disheartened, some and all of that and they cannot see the possibilities of God anymore. Okay, now if we look at Hebrews 11 verse 2 now what verse 2 now says is that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made out of the things were not made of things which are visible. So from here we see that the walls were framed by the word of God. Okay? So the walls that rep- that's a representation of an atmosphere. Atmospheres are framed and created by the word of God. All right? So atmospheres are framed and created by the word of God. Atmospheres of faith are created by the word of God. That speaks faith. And so What we are doing as music ministers is just, we just carved out the words of God that speaks faith into lyrical forms, into music, sounds, and melody that should also stir up atmosphere of faith. So an atmosphere of faith can be created by musical lyrics that speaks faith or builds faith in the heart of the people. I hope we get what I'm saying here that that's what it is. That's how music comes in. All right. So the lyrics the sound, everything working in symphony to ensure that faith is being stirred up in the heart of the people. Okay? So now, what is expected of of you as a worship leader and of me as a worship leader is we should be able to identify the songs that, that stir up faith in the people. So for example, you want to, maybe before you even start, um, you're planning your praise worship session, and then you look at your flow of songs, you should be able to tell the kind of atmosphere that those songs are likely to build, that those set of songs are likely to generate in the people in, in 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 the in the worship session you should be able to identify say, okay fine i put the songs together i think this is what this is this is this is where this is the direction this list is going is building an atmosphere of faith okay so it's building an atmosphere of faith you should be able to that that's one side of it the other side of it is because the only time the only times we sing are not only when we we start the 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 service of the church with congregational worship there will be times as well when your man of God when your pastor is preaching that's why it's important that you have to be attentive you have to be close to the words that are coming out from his mouth and interpreting them you should be able to know when there's a switch in atmosphere so perhaps he he didn't even start from you know building an atmosphere of faith but you are able to sense when That atmosphere of faith is being generated by virtue of what he said by time. He now starts talking about the miraculous power of God and he's trying to make people see that God is able to do. So an atmosphere of faith is is one that is building faith in no other person but God. You're taking the direction from from focus on the people and what their hands can do or their present situation. opening their minds even more at that particular point in time to the Abilities and the great things that God can do. Okay, this is about drawing men from their worries, from their problems, and directing, or do I say redirecting them to the ability of God. And as a worship leader, as a minstrel, you should be able to know that. When you're singing your special number, you should know what that song is stirring up. Is this song stirring an atmosphere of faith? Is this song stirring an atmosphere of healing? Is this song stirring an atmosphere of reverence and worship to God? Because once you can understand the atmosphere, that is being stirred up you now know the scriptures to use the words to use where you're gearing them to and you know building a climax and bringing them into that you know shifting their mind to 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 see what you're seeing in that song and by doing so there's a boomerang effect faith is being stirred up in them and we see what is happening in hebrews chapter 11 physically so now, I also want to say that this does not necessarily mean that you are singing a song with the word faith in it or with the word faithful in it. It's not, it's not, it's not so much about that. For example, let me say the song now. God is able to do, the a very common song by Darwin Hope. you know, exceedingly abundantly above all all you could ask or think we know the song now this is a song of faith this is a song that is stirring up an atmosphere of faith because you're reminding the people that see i need you to know that you may not you 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 may not have seen this happen but god can do exceedingly abundantly more god can do exceedingly abundantly more so so that's a song that that's that's tearing up an atmosphere of faith that can stir up an atmosphere of faith within a congregational worship now, another song I would like to say is, I don't know if you know it, it's a song by Femi Okunuga, and it says, I depend on you. So this song is saying, I depend on you, you have helped me in the past, you will do it again, because sometimes it's important to not just enjoy the melodies of a song, but you be able to analyze the song and say, mm, what's this song doing to me right now? That's one of the ways to easily, you know, soak out from a song what it's doing. What's this song doing to me right now as I'm singing this song? You know, I depend on you, I depend on you. You have helped me in the past, you will help me again. Oh, Jesus, I, I depend on you. This is at the least of this one. You are not a man that you should lie. You speak your word, you know, you speak your word and it is done. You speak a word and it is done. Oh, Jesus, I depend on you. So that's a song that also stirs up an atmosphere of faith. Another another example is Promise Keeper by Israel Houghton. There are a lot of songs, but I'm just trying to itemize some so that you can see what I'm talking about. The song says, "Promise Keeper, you will never fail. Mm, You never lie, you never lie. You speak your word, whatever." I've not, I think I've forgotten some of the lyrics, but but that's a song that stirs the atmosphere of faith. Because it's reminding people that you see, God cannot lie. It's not a song; it's a song with a message of faith. It's not particularly worshiping and um, building an atmosphere of reverence, but as much as it's talking about God, it's also speaking to the people and you know triggering their heart to to having faith with God. You made a is Another example: standing here. Knowing how you you made a way, so that's another song. That's another song. I believe Onisha Yanu too by Nathaniel Bercy is another song. I have confidence in you. A common chorus that we sing in the um, in, uh, in Nigeria, it's um, I have confidence in you, Jesus. That's a song that can stir up an atmosphere of faith. So one of the ways that you can groom with this is begin to is when you begin to adapt um, or stay in a position where you can really soak out from a song what the message of that song is what atmosphere the song is likely to to project a song may may have the power to 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 stem more than one atmosphere but at least you should be able to say okay fine this will work for this atmosphere to work for this atmosphere it will work for this atmosphere all right so I like to say that many times it's not like people don't know that God can do great things, but so it, it happens that we forget, we forget carelessly, and then we magnify our pains, you know, thereby making God look unable. Okay, so it's it's and and you know, see, one of the things that we must cultivate as as ministers is sensitivity and discernment. The Bible calls the Spirit of God, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of truth, you know, and He's there to help us. We have to be discerning. We have to be discerning. I believe that the Spirit of God is one, and if we are in sync with Him, we would be able to pick out, even without discussing with our our, our, our Father in the Lord, our pastors, we will be able to pick out some things and say, oh, I believe this is the direction. That God, God is going. Okay, so one of the skills needed, you know, with 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 understanding and building atmospheres is attentiveness. Attentiveness. Attentive. I I talked about discernment. I talked about being discerning, being sensitive. But then you have to be attentive, attentive during the services, because sometimes it might just be one word that you will just miss. That'll make you not understand what is going on. You know, during your corporate um, um, services, one word. So you need to be you need to be attentive. I have a culture whereby, intermittently during the service, I just speak in other tongues. I just speak in other tongues, and I'm just like Holy Spirit. I'm one with you, Holy Spirit. I partner with you. You know, whatever your move is, whatever is demanded of me, I'm ready in season and out of season. Okay, and I'm just speaking in other tongues because I know that the things I cannot capture with my mind by His Spirit, I'll be able to capture them and what faith eventually does for the people it raises expectations for them and expectation is what begot it's what is what births miracles is what births miracles is what births and so you can you can you can see that when we get it right and then we stir up expectation in the people by virtue of the right songs that we use you know it's 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 effect is a whole lot. That's why we can say people live blessed. They're like, you know, they make reference to the service and they were like, okay, something was really in that service for me. An atmosphere of faith is stirred when the focus of worship, you know, is is centered on God's ability to do wonders. God's abilities to do wonders without the help of man. He talks about God's expertise, God's impossibilities and possibilities. You know in such atmospheres miracles are ignited worry depression are silenced and hope is built up in the people all right all right so that's that about you know atmosphere of faith that's that about atmosphere of faith okay let's let me let me let me now move on to an atmosphere of celebration an atmosphere of celebration you know, um, James chapter 5, yeah, I right, let me take it from there. James chapter 5 verse 13, you know, what the Bible says, it says, is any among you afflicted? All right, another version says, is any among you suffering? But then he said, let him pray. And then then we went on, he said, is any among you merry? So, the version says, is any among you cheerful? Is any among you in good spirit? Is any among you happy? And then what he said there was, let him sing psalms. Another version says, let him sing praises. Alright, so which means that there's a connection between merriment and psalms. There's a connection between merriment and praises. There's a connection between being cheerful and praise. There's a connection between being happy and praise. And so, that's why I love to call an atmosphere of praise, an atmosphere of celebration. It's actually an atmosphere of celebration because when you understand it this way, you stop thinking that fast songs are uh, 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 praise songs and slow songs are worship songs. Just understand what an atmosphere of celebration is. Now, I want us to also understand that God is not against celebrating. There are worship leaders, some people, who are of the school of thoughts that Christianity must be morbid and cheerless, you know, perhaps they think that merrymaking is ungodly. There are some people that just react to when there's this um, joyous and happy um, atmosphere around um, believers, okay? So, people feel that, no, a church that's powerful is the, is, is, is the one that prays and prays and prays, you know, that, you know, but 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 that's not how it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to just concentrate because here it says it's any among you afflicted suffering. The person should pray. And also that's like an emotion for prayer that you know you're in need, you desire something, you're in that place, that's enough for prayer. But then and there are times you're gonna be happy. And God is saying, Don't hide that happiness from me. My people should come together as well and then celebrate. So this mindset makes you know it difficult for some lead singers to switch quickly and adapt to joyous atmospheres. Celebration, honestly, celebration is all about building an atmosphere of joy. And the Bible makes us to understand that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that is why whenever we are in this kind of atmosphere of celebration, you just see energy because joy births energy. Okay, joy, birth, energy. So this is an atmosphere of high praises, with one focus in mind, one audience in mind. The merry making is because we understand that God is still the sole reason for the gathering of His people. He's still, so reason for the garden of his people and nothing less than that. So, celebration is all about the atmosphere of joy. I really want us to to take that in that it's about the atmosphere of joy. About the atmosphere of joy. Look at what Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 says because understanding is very key to what we do. It says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice. And that version post that be joyful okay be joyful and that says continue to be glad that you are in the union of god being joyful is being you know so as a worship leader the fact that worship is in front of your name worship leader (laughs) doesn't mean that you have to be a soulful leader or one that lacks mary okay an effective worship leader should understand the atmosphere of celebration, that there are things that God would reserve to do in an atmosphere of celebration. An atmosphere of celebration must be embraced by the children of God. And we, as worship leaders, we are the ones that are in the best position to teach the church that. So when your pastor says, Praise the Lord, somebody shout here, and you are not shouting, you're wrong and he says lift up your hands I need somebody to jubilate and you're not jubilating you're wrong because as you're not doing it the church thinks oh there's a gap here we are, not, we are not speaking the same language. And so like the Bible says in Genesis chapter 11, it says when they were not speaking the same language, there's a problem that it's only once they are speaking the same language and anything they have planned to do, they will be able to do it. So when a church, when your pastor is trying to teach the church praise, and you that are there, that's supposed to mirror that praise by actions and obedience and doing everything he says and you're not doing it, you feel like, oh, I don't feel like I'm not this kind of person, my temperament will not allow me, you are reaping the church of the lesson they're supposed to learn or the lifestyle they're supposed to build at that time so quit saying i don't like praise songs you know quit saying i don't like praise songs because what you're trying to say there is that you cannot lead the congregation to be joyous that's what you're saying celebration songs Okay, you're trying to say that you cannot lead it. I prefer this. No, no. Philippians chapter 4. Let me now say it that way. It says rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Be happy in the Lord always. So it's also a form of worship acceptable by the Lord. Okay, in Revelations chapter 19 verse 1 to 10. Very amazing. This is even talking about how heaven will be. You know, we see an account of a joyous celebration in heaven. Okay, we see an account of a joyous celebration in heaven. Verse 7 of that scripture actually says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come. Let us rejoice and be glad. I don't know how many of us know the song. It says, Let us rejoice and be glad, giving the glory to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has made have ready. Hallelujah for the Lord our God, the Almighty. Oh, some old, school, some old school songs coming back to her. But you see, there's some way you're talking about rejoicing. You're talking about making noise. So people, people know that I make noise well. When it comes to worship, I worship well. You know, when it comes to making noise, when it comes to giving those shouts, I am there because I have the understanding. Yes, I have the understanding. And that's the understanding I want us to get here. All right? We see in the Bible that major events and accomplishments will call for moments of celebration in songs, in dance, and other art. It's very scriptural. We see in the scripture how God preserves the victory of his work amongst his people through songs. Through songs, through songs. So you should be able to see a song. You see that song, you're like, ah, this song is going to stir up an atmosphere of celebration. You know, see, um, um, to buttress that point, Judges chapter 5, you can remember the account of Deborah. After um, Caesarea was handed over to them, you know, after um, Caesarea, yes, that king or something. After they killed him cheaply. Judges chapter 5 verse 1 then says that Deborah and Barak son of Abinuam sung a song. In fact, if you read that place and the song was so long but then what they were just talking about were the victories that God gave them and they were singing and they were dancing and they were just enjoying themselves. Judges chapter 5 verse 3 what it says it says, hear this, she was telling the people you know, she was telling the kings hear this all oh kings, listen all oh rulers I will sing to the Lord I will sing, I will make music to the Lord the God of Israel. Then she further went on to say why. You know, so you can take your time to read that part, Judges chapter 5. Then she further went on to say why. So I need us to understand that an atmosphere of celebration is much more about making joyous sound to the Lord. It involves shouting clapping, raising our voices, dancing, making those kind of noise, evoking praise in honor of God. So don't feel out of place when you're you're making that noise. When they say, jam your hands together for the Lord our God is greater. Somebody give Jesus a shout. Don't feel bad. Give him a shout. Shout, shout, shout! Because this is bringing the people to a place where they find it comfortable to remember the faithfulness of God, but now chant it out loud without hindrance or fear. Okay, that's what it is. We have many, many examples. Exodus chapter fifteen. There's another example for us there. This was when um, Moses and Miriam. Yes, was a joyous celebration, and that you know the people of Israel just had that habit they just had that habit where they just do some monumental praise you know praise jamboree you know this was after and uh, i think um um, this was when Egypt, when they had um, left Egypt and then crossed the Red Sea. You know, so it was it was a time of joy. It was a time of victory, a time of recognizing that God has done it. Okay, the other one, atmosphere of faith. You were letting them know that God can do it, and they were bringing themselves to that point where Ah, God can really do this thing. But atmosphere of celebration is now and aftermath. He has done it now. This is my response. He has done it. Now, this is my response. I am going to rejoice. He has given me a testament. I'm going to rejoice. So, as church, um, one of the things that I will ask you to do is give attention to your church calendars as well. Because it's so important to have a broad idea of when this kind of atmosphere is expected from you. Your pastorate and prepare accordingly. For example, in my own assembly, we have Thanksgiving Sundays. Thanksgiving Sundays are more or less like where you prepare to build that atmosphere of celebration. Okay, we have specialized Thanksgiving Sundays. Then, because we know that, oh, and the reason. Is not just because it's a culture, we have climbed another 30 days successfully. We have we have enjoyed God's faithfulness successfully as we enter the new month. I am coming in with a posture of praise. You know, I'm coming in with a posture of celebration. This is what God has done. I'm gonna do it back. And now this is not about just the worship leader doing it alone. Everybody must carry that atmosphere. The musicians, the backup singers—you must carry that atmosphere. Okay, so it's good to prepare ahead. Especially for those, see as the like I say to many worship leaders, I always let them know that see, being in the music ministry would mean that you must recognize your growth curves. We all have have we all have growth curves, and um, that is. In one way, what that means is that the fact that you have identified your call or identified a place that you want to serve God, the moment you you signify your interest there, you cannot afford to say that you are everything that you are already made, that you have everything to succeed in that calling. Because there's always a growth curve. There's always a place for improvement. There's always a place to be more. So, even if you're so good right now, you should challenge your growth curve and say, I want to be better. So, if you identify the fact that you don't easily tune to songs like this and all of that, you then identify that as a growth curve. How do I improve in this area? Because who you are now, I can always tell people, is not enough to get you to where you're going. Who you are now, God is progressive, and it's good that we progress with God, even in our music ministry. So um, I'm sure I've been able to draw that point home. So it's about being prepared in season and out of season being prepared in season and out of season i would want to talk about um, the third which is the atmosphere of worship atmosphere of worship and um, in simple terms i i like to say that this is an atmosphere that we are building that embodies all that god is and all that god represents Worship is seeing God in all of his offices, seeing God in all of his names. We know him as the provider Jehovah, you know, Jireh. We know him as the judge. We know him as sovereign. We know him as the king over our kingdom. So worship is in alignment to who God is and his utmost position over the entire universe. That's what worship is about. It's not about seeing him as the monarch. He was not elected. Just seeing him in that office. It's not not about who he is. It's not so much about what he has done. It's like being in that position of saying you have done or you haven't done. That you are God in your reverence. That's what an atmosphere of worship is. It's an atmosphere of adoration. It's an atmosphere of reverence. It's an atmosphere of honor. All right? So here it's solely about offering him reverence from a place of humble understanding that he is God. He is God and he has authority over your life. Now, for me, the atmosphere of worship is not so much about the atmosphere of a father. It's not so much about the relationship of a father. Okay? That's not what it is because a father, a father is, um, has his, his attributes but worship is in terms of his sovereignty i know he's a father but that's not the office i'm relating with now i'm relating with him as the king over this kingdom that i serve him i'm relating i'm relating with him as the god the number one of the whole universe i don't know if i've been able to draw that home so here we delve into songs that just causes us to stand in awe of him that everything that we do makes us even smaller and smaller in inside, but makes him bigger and bigger in our own eyes. All right, I don't. Um, in, in such an atmosphere, I believe that everything good can happen simply because we are not asking for anything, but just adoring him. So this kind of atmosphere speaks about reverence, adoration, allegiance, submission, yieldedness. That's What it speaks about It's worship a fearful, holy reverence. It carries a, a saint of fear. That Yoruba song says, I, I, I hope I got that. I you know that's 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 it. A holy fear is that place, and it's a good place to be. We must find ourselves here, and so it's important that as a worship leader whether you are you should know the direction you're you're leading the people in you should know because these are different atmospheres that we can operate in the atmosphere of healing which is number 4 the atmosphere of healing god still heals god still heals the bible says jesus is the same yesterday today and forever the healing power is still at work and there are times when the holy spirit might just want to do do something, yeah. You hear your by word of knowledge, you know, your pastor just speaks something and then you know, or maybe while you pray and prepare for for uh, for, uh, for, uh, for, uh, for, uh, for your for your corporate sessions, you just realize that the list of your building is 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 tilting towards direct towards that direction. You could further buttress your understanding on healing by researching more meditating more on healing scriptures because God has done it before and God can do it again and there are songs that build this kind of atmosphere there are songs that build this kind of atmosphere alright at this point I also I just feel I should also mention that it's important that you also identify songs that your 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 pastor um, connects with very easily every pastor Every leader seems to... So you, you, you're you going to live a life of observation. There are times when you see your pastor comes and... Over time, maybe before he starts preaching, there are certain kinds of songs he leads. Or he asks the choir to sing. Make it your ability to know those songs in total. And not only those songs. Now find out corresponding songs that may be passing across the same message. Because you know that... Oh, he tilts in this direction whenever he wants to preach. So you have to live a life of observation, attentiveness, discernment, understanding. Don't just pick songs out of the blues. Don't just operate without a sense of, um, of um, a sense of orderliness. Okay. So it's so so important because there are atmospheres that the Holy Spirit thrives in. When we can understand how He operates. Then we can build those kind of atmospheres so that he can have his free course and whatever he wants to do in our services. So, so, so. It was a long one today, but I believe that you have picked one or two things. So, this is still a in worship and the word um, until something happens. And something happens in you, you're definitely going to produce better results. Have an amazing day. God bless you.